CME, where we interview industry thought leaders in governance, risk, and compliance on hot topics, industry-specific challenges, trends, and more to learn about your methods, solutions, and outlook in this space. Hello, my name is Megan Fee with GRC and Me. Today we sit down with Bob Maley, risk quantification subject matter expert and chief security officer at Black Kite. Bob has been involved in security for most of his career, initially in physical security as a law enforcement officer. And as he got involved in the technical side of risk, he acquired a broad range of expertise in all areas of security, from third party to risk assessments to data protection, instance reporting and beyond. Bob was the former CISO at the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and most recently, the head of global third-party security and inspections for PayPal. Today, Bob's role at Black Kite encompasses all things security, privacy, and risk. Our companies are mutually aligned in the fact that Black Kite helps their customers make strategic decisions using risk quantification. And at LogicGate, we leverage risk quantification in our new Risk Cloud Quantify application to transform risk into strategic advantage for our Risk Cloud users. And now, here's our conversation on risk quantification with Bob Maley. All right, Bob. Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of GRC and Me. My pleasure. Let's jump right in. So tell us, Bob, what led you to risk quantification? It's interesting. So in a previous role at at PayPal, uh, one of the things that I was responsible for was all of the global third-party risk. Yeah. And how the information security group worked was they looked at different what they called risk themes. So, uh, you know, account takeovers, uh, database, a lot of different themes. But one of those themes was third party. And the standard way that they were looking and reporting in risk was a qualitative methodology. And when I say qualitative, I mean in a risk matrix, Mm -hmm. using those terms, you know, high, medium, and low. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting when they first started doing that, uh, everybody was red. It was at high. And in a qualitative methodology, there's only so many things you can do. And it was interesting that over time, year after year, that those risk themes, that high risk never changed. And it kind of got frustrating, you know, for reporting to senior management. How do you compare one theme to another if you're using a qualitative methodology? There's no way to track. There's no performance. If you're always in red, what's the performance of your program? What's the value? If I've gotten an additional funding to add new controls or to do something new, and I can't show in a monetary way how that has affected that. Yeah, well, we're going to try to get to yellow. Yellow is where we want to be. But it's really kind of meaningless. And it became really frustrating for me. So it was frustrating for some of the other risk leaders. So, you know, that's kind of led me to finding a, a better way to do it. And I ran across a book by Jack Jones and, uh, you know, the concept about FAIR. And so I started educating myself and learning how to do FAIR and it was something that I saw a lot of future value. Awesome. Now we talked about this concept on the podcast before. We've talked about what risk quantification is, but can you talk and share with our listeners more about what it's not? So it's kind of hard to say what it's not. It's easier to compare. For instance, doing risk in a qualitative methodology, people seem to use math because there's always an underlying math equation. And that's how they seem to justify it, that they'll use something like 
a loss expectancy. So do we think that this is going to happen how many times this year? And they, they use a single mm-hmm. ordinal number, and it's a number that it, it's essentially a guess. There's not a lot of thought process in it. It's an expert opinion. It's not based on data. So it involves guessing. And then you use these single numbers mm-hmm. that go into a math formula that create an end result that then gets labeled in a range. So in qualitative, a uh, high is, again, this is all arbitrary, that uh, it may be between this certain range. And they like to say, well, we're going to put dollars on that range because then when you know we're talking about dollars in this methodology, then a business will understand that. But in reality, it's kind of like what you do is you take rainbows times Pikachu's plus apples equal unicorns. Everybody knows what a unicorn is and you feel good when you see it, but in a meaningful way, it doesn't reduce any uncertainty around your risk. And that's the key difference is that when you do it in a quantitative way, you're looking at it in a methodical process that reduces uncertainty. Mm. And what I mean by that is when you say it's high risk, what does high risk mean to you? What does high risk mean to the CEO? What does high risk mean to a board member? What does high risk mean to the CFO? And because of risk appetite, high risk will mean different things to different people. So when you're using that that single number, uh, you know, high, and to be honest with you, when you use a single number, you can be extremely precise, but you're never accurate. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is I can tell you that a meteor is going to hit the earth and destroy most of the life on earth. Okay, it's going to happen, but when is it going to happen? I've given a statement that there's no useful degree of precision. Yes, It's accurate because it'll happen sometime in the next 5 million years or 10 million, but there's no precision. And that's the major difference is when you're doing it in a quantitative way, you're presenting information that allows people that are responsible for the risk to understand it, to have more information and to reduce their uncertainty. Instead of that single one particular ordinal number, you're giving a range Mm -hmm. and a quantitative methodology gives a range. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole process behind that, but essentially it says, well, here's the minimum and here's the, the maximum and here's the most likely But in between that, it gives a distribution. Mm -hmm. That distribution can then relate to different people that are going to interpret it in their own risk appetite. So that's the value. That's essentially, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. And I thank you for breaking it down, what it is, what it isn't, and reducing the uncertainty. I think that's the critical component. How do you get all of these different varying thoughts about what does high mean to them and perspectives and how do you normalize that across the business, um, especially across different experiences too. So yeah, very great. Okay. So when we talk about risk quantification, we often reference to the Monte Carlo simulation. So can you explain for those that are less familiar with what the Monte Carlo simulation is for our listeners that are just less familiar, haven't heard it or have heard it, but didn't really know what that meant. Well, it's interesting. So, you know, obviously Monte Carlo is a casino in Europe, but a Monte Carlo simulation is not just simply gambling or betting on odds or things like that. It's a little bit more in depth. If you really 
want to know more about it, I highly recommend doing a, an internet search and read the story behind it. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough time to talk about the story of how it really got developed. But essentially, it was developed around the time of World War II on something called the Manhattan Project. The Manhattan Project were the, the scientists and the folks that were inventing nuclear bombs. It was the atomic bomb and how they developed it. And they were looking for a methodology to be able to do calculations about combination of elements that create explosions. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking about explosions of that magnitude, you're not going to go, oh, well, let's do some of this and some of this and see what happens. And one of the mathematicians on the project, he developed a process where you could take information that was based on ranges. In other words, it wasn't something that was a methodology where it's Pikachu's times rainbows. It is where you take information that you know and you have a certainty about mm-hmm. it. And that is, well, it's somewhere between this amount and that amount. And we're pretty confident it's going to be somewhere around here. Mm-hmm. So you've established that information. What Monte Carlo does then, it goes and does mathematical simulations using those range inputs and the confidence levels, Mm -hmm. and then it has an output. It's a probability study. It's a mathematical probability study that will then produce that distribution chart that I talked Mm -hmm. about. It'll tell you what the most likely is and the minimum, the maximum, and along that distribution, what the likelihood is for different amounts. Mm -hmm. So when it's presenting information, it reduces the uncertainty because it gives you a broader picture and understanding about what you're trying to do. And it's named Monte Carlo, not because it's gambling, but because the gentleman who put the concepts together had an uncle who liked to gamble Monte Carlo. And it just, that's what he named it. So. Oh. But it's an interesting story. You have to look it up. Yeah, that is a really interesting story. And thank you for debunking that about the relation to the casino. That's really interesting. And I know that you have firsthand experience with this. So can you share some stories from your experience about how risk quantification has helped GRC professionals make strategic risk decisions? I can. And I can tell you one place where uh, it didn't work. Yes. Uh, I, I left PayPal before we had a chance to really implement that. Okay. The, the GRC folks were very committed to the qualitative methodology. And it can be very challenging to shift yeah. from that qualitative to a quantitative methodology. Yeah. And to be honest with you, when I first looked at this, I'm not a mathematical genius. Math was one of the classes in school that I always hated. I did the least amount possible to get through because it's just something that wasn't an area that that interested me. And I always thought that, uh, well, you can't predict things through math. These things don't work. Well, in reality, I've learned over time that a lot of systems, uh, when when you're looking at uh, getting life insurance, actuarial studies on data about probabilities of somebody dying with certain data indicators at a certain age and it prices insurance, mortgage, everything's based on that. Oh, yeah. So personally, from there, I didn't have that opportunity. Today, I do it at Black Kite. I use the AFFAIR methodology for enterprise. I use our Black Kite platform for all of our third party because it's automated. Yeah, great. So it really, for me, it's impactful because when I report to a CEO or I have to do a board report, I'm speaking in financial impact. The board was saying, oh, well, third party, that's here's how much we have in third party risk. Do we have cyber insurance that covers that? In other words, it sparks business decisions. And we have one of our customers that they really became interested in FAIR because of some of the similarities that I had at PayPal. And they wanted to be able to understand for them, it was more along the lines of 
Well, we have more vendors than what we can realistically do deep dive assessments. Yeah. Is there a yeah. way how we can understand which one of those are the most impactful? And impactful mm -hmm. means what's financial impact. Yeah. So the, the FAIR process allowed them to essentially triage those and spend time mm -hmm. on those that were the most impactful to do the things that you really should be doing uh, in a mature third-party risk management program or, or enterprise risk as well. But mm -hmm. it kind of morphed into a little bit more than that because when they started reporting differently, instead of reporting in a high, medium, low, mm -hmm. they started reporting in financial impacts, the board became extremely interested and understanding. Yeah, That can be a danger because they're going to want to understand how you've come up with that particular financial impact. Mm -hmm. The tremendous value of FAIR is that that's easy to explain because there's so much history. You know, Jack Jones has been working on this for 20 years. There's documents, there's books, there's training. There's so much to back you up to help them understand yeah. that, especially for the board. It's their world. Their world is risk. And in the board's world, risk yeah. means it's either financial impact or financial reward, mm -hmm. risk or reward. And when you're speaking that yeah. language, one time you have to explain to them how you came to that and they understand that. And then it's a different world. It's a different relationship. And in this particular client, the board, they wanted to consume more information every month. They wanted updates every month. Most CISOs I know, they hate to report to the board about third party or about risk in general because they have right. to be the interpreter. They're mm -hmm. reporting in high, medium, and low. The board has to trust the CISO that he understands what that high impact really means. And sometimes right. that's kind of like, it's a little risky, especially when high, medium, low really doesn't, doesn't tell you what that is. So for this particular customer, that was a game changer, you know, from two aspects, the triage, because as you're aware, and as everybody that does risk or third party, we all know we don't have unlimited budgets. We don't have unlimited staff. So right. it gives them that capability to triage and then to report up to the board. That's the thing. I think as GRC professionals, we want the board level visibility and awareness and support. But then you have to, to your point, be prepared for the scrutiny that it may foul. And so being able, and I know we've talked about this offline, this is why I so respect the FAIR methodologies because it does, it eliminates that black box. You can actually articulate and confidently present the how, the why, the what behind the numbers that you're presenting. And that is the biggest thing as you step into this next level of maturity for a lot of folks in their risk program, you got to be able to defend the numbers, right? And how do you do that if you can't really figure it out? So that's why we at Logigate have kind of gravitated to that and really, really respect that methodology because of that. And it just makes it removes, debunks, right? The magic. Absolutely. The yeah. The, the secret sauce, so to speak. Yes, exactly. That's one of the things that got me interested in Black Kite in the beginning is that Everything, yeah. the technical evaluations, the compliance, the fair, it's all done with open standards. And I've been in a situation where I took a report on a vendor that was high risk to the business unit and to help them understand, well, it's really a lot of risk for us for you to use this vendor. The business owner said, what does high risk mean? Like, oh boy. <laughs> and then I'm back on my heels trying to explain, well, there's these vulnerabilities. There's, you know, we could have a data breach. But what does that mean? This vendor, they do so much for our company. They're making a lot of money for us. So is it high risk? What does that really mean? 
I wasn't on that same business level with the business unit owner. That's why using right. FAIR, it puts you on that same yeah. level. Totally, yes. totally different conversation yes. when, you, when you're talking the same language. The same common interests of that dollars and cents, exactly. right? <laughs> so, yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Were there any other stories that you think would be meaningful to share today? Well, yeah, in today's world in cyber, especially with all the stuff going on around ransomware, cyber insurance, mm. everybody's talking about it. That the, Oh, well, yeah, you need to have cyber insurance. and But then how do you go about getting cyber insurance? Because how do they evaluate you from a cyber perspective? And cyber insurance companies are starting to use uh, rating services for that. And one of our companies, our clients, uh, Markel Insurance, they came on early with us as a consumer for self-monitoring and third party. But when their underwriting teams started to see the value of what they could look at when they were underwriting a policy, there's, there's a lot of data that goes into underwriting those types of policies. But the uncertainty around, well, how susceptible are they to something? What is the real financial risk? And when they can use a fair number of financial impact, a dollar range, it enables them to make those decisions, those underwriting decisions. It increases the precision. It helps them in their business. So tremendous value to them. Well, thank you for that. And Bob, we've talked a lot today about risk quantification, what it is, but it isn't how math is really the underpinning to so many of the things in our daily lives and how the FAIR methodology really can give folks confidence to articulate the financial impact and the work that you're doing here at, at Black Kite. So thank you so much for joining us today. And so for those listening, to learn more about Risk Cloud Quantify, visit logicgate.com to check it out. And thank you again, Bob, for joining us. My pleasure. So this is Megan Fee with another episode of GRC and Me. If you're interested in learning more about risk quantification, you're in luck because Logigate just released a new ebook, The Definitive Guide to Risk Quantification. To help you understand how risk quantification works, how it can enhance your organization's risk management capabilities, and more. If you don't have time to sit down and read it, that's okay. We've created an audiobook version so you can access it from anywhere. And it gets better. We included an interactive workbook so you can apply the things you've learned and get started on your own risk quantification journey. We'll drop a link in the show notes below and you can download all three today. Until next time, this is Megan Fee with GRC and me.